Movie Journey podcast, where not only do we react to many a film on YouTube, we also do a wide variety of other things, which I'm not about to get into. As always, I'm joined by my usual and lovely co-host, Hendo. How you going? It has been quite a while since we've uh, bought out a podcast, isn't it, Dean? Has been a long time. Yes. Very long time. Hopefully, all you loyal listeners have been checking out us, uh, checking out us, checking us out on the old YouTube Yes, that's right. We have been in lockdown for a couple of months, which means the podcast had to be on hiatus. But we had been dishing out a lot of Bond reactions that we had uh, already set up prior to the lockdown, which has been going on over on YouTube. And it's fair to say that uh, YouTube has been been doing very well. Doing for, well. Been doing very well. We've yeah. been really happy with the... Uh you know, the reaction we've been receiving over there from uh, the people watching it. So, yes. yeah, we're going to continue that. Exactly. That's what we're going to be doing. And in saying that, we may as well give a little update to all you audio listeners out there that the form of breakdown that we had previously been doing for the Top 250 will actually just become part of the reactions that we do on YouTube now. So, essentially what we do right now with the Bond series is we were reacting to the movie, and then we would do a review of the movie in a separate form for our patrons. And that's exactly what we're doing now for the Bond film, No Time to Die. Exactly. Bond film, yeah. No Time to Die. That's what we've been doing this whole time. been going through the whole Bond series, and obviously lockdown happened in Australia, so we had to get it released at a much later date. I know it's been out in America and that for many months at this point, but no, it's just, just come out here and we have access to it now. So we are about to get into our reaction of No Time to Die. If you want to check out that YouTube video of us doing that, we'll leave a link in the description and as always if you wanted to check out the full commentary either audio or video you can check out our patreon at patreon.com slash the movie journey but we're going to go watch this movie dean and we'll come back on the other side with our review of no time to die can't wait all right dean we just finished watching no time to die and uh what a journey it was to uh, cap off the bond series hey i mean what a series you know it's gone on for a long time Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's this is clearly you know, the end of an era. It is. This is uh, this is actually Daniel Craig's last movie. When we, As we're getting into this review right now, fair be warned, this is all going to be spoiler-filled. Good. I, w- I yeah. wasn't sure. It's definitely um, spoiler-filled because, you know, we have just watched the movie, so yeah, yeah. most like, a lot of people will probably be following the movie along up to this yep. point. So, yes, uh, spoiler-filled from the, right now. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yep. All right, but let's get into some trivia as usual, Dean. I mean, let's go back to end of an era. I mean, oh, he, okay. he died, so it's not just the end what? of it's not just the end of you know the the Daniel Craig era. We haven't seen Bond ever die. Like we've gone through multiple Bonds, many and many a Bond. Not once have they bothered to kill off the Bond. Yeah, because it's always been established that all those Bonds have been the same Bond throughout. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But obviously, I guess they're, they're talking about how this is just Craig's Bond. And as we realise off the once we finish recording mm. the, the watching of the movie, that it did say at the very end of the credits, James Bond will return. Not 007. Ooh, James yeah. Bond will yeah. return. So I imagine that what they'll be doing whenever they do it is going to be a new, a new routine, like a new Bond, maybe a whole new cast of characters. I was going to say, do you think they're going to reboot the whole thing or do you think that's going to be a continuation of what? I mean, yeah, it has to be. If they're saying James Bond returns, it's a it's a reboot, isn't it? Is it a continuation from Die Another Day? Is Pierce Brosnan coming back? Old man Bond. Yeah. How's Pierce looking these days? Old man. But suave and sexy oh, old man. Say, I bet he's got a sexy, you know, full-bodied grey chest hair going and, on. And a beard. Looking beard. sick. Does he need a beard? Yeah. Have we had a bearded Bond? Just some stubble. Probably. Just stubble. Just, just, stubble. just been stubble. 
Anyway, let's get to the trivia, Dean. Let's do it. No Time to Die is the 2021 spy film and the 25th in the James Bond series produced by Eon Productions, but the 27th film that we have done overall because we did do the two unofficial films. Directed by Kari Joji Fuganaga. Uh, do you know anything about Kari Joji Fuganaga? No. Oh, no. Okay, he directed Beast of No Nation. Okay, yep. I actually I did look him up um, a little while ago, but I had forgotten. Beast of No Nation. Was that his biggest film? Yes, but he also wrote and directed season one of True Detective. Okay, the whole thing? I'm pretty sure. Okay. If nice. not, the majority of it. Okay. All right, starring Daniel Craig, Rami Malek, Leah Seydoux, Lashana Lynch, Ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, Jeffrey Wright, Christoph Waltz, and Ralph Fiennes. Anna de Armas, not come even on. on the list. Not even on the list. Come on. Disappointed she wasn't in it for more I than what she believe. was. I believe she was almost a cameo in this. <sighs> one, one scene, but what a scene. What oh, a scene. A great scene. Yes. <laughs> My God. Screenplay by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who has worked on every Bond film since The World Is Not Enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was also written by those two and Carrie Joji Fuganaga, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge coming in to do a lot of uh, additional write-ins. Do we know Phoebe from anything? She Have you seen Fleabag? No. Okay. Well, she wrote and directed all that, and she starred in it. She won like a whole lot of awards for it. Is, that, right. is that animated? No, it's a, a comedy. Thinking of Big Mouth. You are thinking of Big Mouth. What is Fleabag? Uh, it's a comedy starring her. I haven't seen it, but it's got really high praise. Okay. Yes. Cinematography by Linus Sandgren, who has won one Academy Award for La La Land. Wow. Yes. What did, what did you make of the cinematography in this? Very good. Really? Very good. A lot of, lot of, like we said at the start of the movie when they were in Greece or Italy, whichever the two were, I said personally that it looked very nice. Mm. I think the scene uh, out in the forest was very, very good. Forest scene was good. Yeah. Uh, Linus Sangren also no, it very, did the. Very, it was very foggy in the forest, though. It's supposed to be though. It created that ambience of like it's you know you can't see what's ahead of you in this tension. I've got to be honest. I wasn't overly impressed with the cinematography. No, I, I, I it, it actually occurred to me at one point when I was watching and I was like, "Man, Skyfall cinematography is so much better." Oh, well, I agree with that. That that was much better. And that's the problem. I'm just like comparing <laughs> it to like Skyfall. I'm it's just always like, Deacons with you. I was like, ah, it's just not as good as Skyfall. All right, but Linus Sangren also worked with Damien Chazelle on another one of his films, First Man. Which also, I believe, has good cinematography. You haven't seen First Man? Yes, I have seen First Man. Then why'd you say you believe? Which I believe also has good cinematography, because I've not seen it since 2017, 18, when it came out. I saw the cinemas. You did. You you just trashed all over that when we spoke did about I? it. Did I? You did. I said not- the sound design was good, though, yeah? yeah? But you weren't a fan of anything else. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it more than you. Yeah. Anyway, music. Hans Zimmer, yeah, who has one win for Lion King. But he has 10 other nominations. How embarrassing Get is this. that? Get this. Here we go. I know we've already spoken about him before, but we're going to rattle off the nominations again. Rain Man, The Preacher's Wife, As Good As It Gets, The Thin Red Line, The Prince of Egypt, Gladiator, Sherlock Holmes, Inception, Interstellar, and Dunkirk. Is The Prince of Egypt animated? Yes, it is. Animated films can get- Nominated for music. music. Of course they can. <laughs> what kind of question is that? In my head, I'm not even joking. You got me one for The Lion King. In my head, I'm thinking cinematography still. I'm like, has an animated movie ever been uh, oh, nominated wow. for cinematography? Okay. Good job. Okay. All right, continue. Let's, let's continue. Sam Mendes stated that he would not return after directing Skyfall and Spectre. Christopher Nolan ruled himself out to direct as well. Denis Villeneuve was courted to direct the film. However, he decided to turn down the role because of his commitments to Dune. Not a bad reason to turn down a Bond film. Plus, really, I mean, is is Bond Denis Villeneuve style? I don't no, think so. no, I don't think so. Definitely not. Yeah. Too fast paced. 
<laughs> in February 2018, Danny Boyle was confirmed confirmed to direct mm-hmm. with John Hodge getting a greenlit script. Do you know who John Hodge is? Uh, brother of Ben, I believe. No. He is a frequent collaborator with Dan- Danny Boyle. He I believe he wrote Train Spotting and a couple of other of his films as well. Sunshine, I believe. Didn't see that on the list. <laughs> he took a massive punt and you failed. Uh, as did you. And a production start date of December 2018. However, Boyle and Hodge left in August 2018 due to creative differences. Oh, my God. They had a little fight. Yes, they did have a little tiff. Whoops. Yep. All right, following Boyle's departure, the release date became contingent on whether the studio could find a replacement within 60 days. Mm. In the end, Carrie Joji Fukunaga was announced as the new director in September 2018. Purvis and Wade, who were on board prior to Boyle and Hodge, worked on a new script with Fukunaga at Daniel Craig's request. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, wow. Daniel Craig. Got a lot of pull power in this. He does. He's a, he's a producer of this. He is. I think, uh, ever, I think ever since he did a lot more work on Quantum of Solace, he's taken a big uh, mm. front seat with these movies. And fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, Phoebe was hired to revise dialogue, work on character development, and add humour to the script. Waller-Bridge is the second female screenwriter credited with writing a Bond film after Joanna Harwood co-wrote Dr. No... And from Russia with Love. Yeah. So I just had strong feelings of this. Even even before like any announcements about this movie, I just thought I thought actually at the end of Skyfall when I saw that for the first time, I'm like, this is the perfect transition into Doctor No. Like it's the start of Bond as as 007 with M, the act like the, the new male Ralph finds M who I just established as the Bernard Lee M. We're gonna move into Doctor No now. And yep. I just had this weird feeling that Rami Malek was going to be Doctor No, and then they really, st- when those credits came up at the start, and it was just, it was all the you know the the circles, the lights that come up, which is very reminiscent of the Doctor No opening title sequence. I'm like, man, it, this is so clearly Doctor No. Didn't happen. Uh, oh, wow, I was stunned. You looked quite the fool. Well, what can I say? It's more homage than you know direct. It absolutely was. As as the movie went along, there was definitely a lot of references to previous Bond films as well that went Mm. along. So it was just one of those one of those situations, wasn't it? It was. So after Spectre, there were speculations that it would be Daniel Craig's final Bond film. Immediately after the film's release, Craig had complained about the rigors of performing the part, saying he would rather slash his wrists than play Bond again. Hope he's okay. (laughs) I mean, it would have been paid. What, 40 million? It was reported that Craig had received a, a $100 oh, million dollar offer from MGM to do two more Bond films, but turned it down and further denied that $150 million was offered for him for the next two installments. 150 is a lot. It is definitely a lot of money for two Bond films. He mm. finally announced he would be playing Bond one last time, acknowledging that the physicality of the part had deterred him from returning to the role, having sustained injuries while filming early Bond films. I believe he broke his leg on... Why either Skyfall or Spectre, and mm. we've already spoken about the many injuries he's occurred, especially on Quantum of Solace. I know he didn't he lose his fingertip on one of the films as well. I don't know. Uh, of course, you don't know. Reportedly, Daniel Craig personally handpicked Cuban actress Anna de Armas to play Paloma in this Bond film after working with her on Knives Out. Makes sense. It does yeah? Like I said in the in the commentary, completely forgot that uh, they'd worked together on Knives Out. Mm. So, Christoph Waltz's return as Ernst Stavro Blofeld was supposed to be a secret and a surprise to moviegoers. However, he was spotted on the lot at Pinewood Studio during principal photography. So, once the secret was out, Waltz's appearance in the movie became part of the pitch's publicity and promotion with him appearing in credits and trailers. I mean, what what do you think? What would you have thought if there was just nothing said about Blofeld being in this film and he just shows up in his little Hannibal Lecter prison cage? So, okay. 
But you're, asking, you're sort of going with two things there because that's not the first time we, we hear Blofeld. So if if there was no uh, like information that he was in it and the first we hear or see of him is his voice, little anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, if we hear nothing about him and then they go to the Hannibal Lecter place and that's him slowly coming forward, I think that would have been really good. Yeah. But there's really... I don't know how you get around that voice of Blofeld going around. Yeah, they, they show him a couple of times at the yeah. start. Yeah, I don't think they can get around that. The film is the first in the series to have sequences shot with 65mm IMAX film cameras. Carrie Fukunaga and Lina Sangren pushed for using film over digital to enhance the look of the film. Thank you. Bravo. Good Thank job. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, you're going to get that nice... Good looking 4K, 4K when it comes out. It'll be awesome. Daniel Craig sustained an ankle injury while filming in Jamaica and sub- subsequently underwent minor surgery. Production was further interrupted when a controlled explosion, controlled explosion, damaged the 007 stage at Pinewood Studios and left a crew member with minor injuries. Jeez. A lot of, uh, a lot of problems with these Bond films and people getting hurt. It's dangerous stuff. Dan Roma was announced as composer for the film score, having previously worked with Carrie Fukunaga on A Beast of No Nation and Maniac. Roma left the film in post-production due to creative differences and was replaced by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer came in post-production. Yeah, and apparently that was the first time in the entire Bond history that a composer had been replaced post-production. I mean, yeah, why would you? That's a crazy thing to do. Hmm. So at the age of 18, Billie Eilish is the youngest artist to record a Bond theme song. The song won the Grammy Award for Best Song Written for Visual Media at the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards. What do you think of the song, Dean? Love the song, Hendo. Of course you love the song. Have we had, has it, was it, like, have we had the Oscars for that? No, not yet. Surely you get nominated. I mean, it comes with par for the course now that you, you do a Bond song, you get nominated. Yeah. At least. At least. Yes. At so, least. So, No Time to Die was originally scheduled for release in November 2019, but was postponed to February 2020 and then to April 2020 after Danny Boyle's departure. But COVID happened, <laughs> so the film was once again pushed back to November 2020. There had been estimates that the studio had already spent $66 million on promoting the film, estimating that due to the closure of cinemas around the world, the global box office losses could have exceeded $300 million if it had stayed in its April 2020 slot. The film was delayed again to April 2021 after the delay was renounced. The British chain Cineworld, which is the second like the world's second largest cinema chain, closed its cinemas indefinitely. They said the delay of No Time to Die was the last straw for Cineworld following a string of other films, delays and cancellations. It's brutal. Crazy. The film got pushed back again and finally had its world premiere in London on the 28th of September in 2021, which we didn't get because we had to wait a couple more months because good old Australia had their own little lockdown rules, didn't they? These things happen, Hendo. They do. So, as of the 14th of November in 2021, No Time to Die had grossed a worldwide total of $708 million. Because of the combined production and promotional costs of at least $350 million, the film needed to gross at least $800 million in order to break even. And considering it's, you know, by this time, hitting about seven hundred eight, I don't think it's going to break even. I, I mean... It's going to be a loss. You add in, you know, streaming rights, physical media... I mean, it probably might get there eventually. It'll get there. Yeah, it might, it might just make its money back. Definitely not the massive success they would have uh, been expecting. Absolutely. But let's look at the scores here. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it an 84%, saying it isn't the sleekest or, or most daring 007 adventure, but No Time to Die concludes Daniel Craig's franchise tenure in satisfying style. 
Rotten Tomatoes audience like this a little bit better at 88%. Metacritic give this a 68%. Of course. Letterboxd give it a 3.6. And IMDb have this at 7.5, which is fourth highest. The fourth highest Bond film on IMDb out of 27 films. Wow. Look at that. Number four. That's that's big. That's, that's big high. time. What's the, what's the top five then, Hendo? The top five. Well, we had, we know that uh, No Time to Die is number four, but yes. From Russia with Love is number five with the 7.4. Mm-hmm. Three and second. So two and three are tied for Goldfinger and Skyfall with 7.7 each. And number one is, of course, Casino Royale with an 8.0. But I ask you, good sir, the trivia is done. We've seen No Time to Die. What do you think of this film? And what do you think of the Bond franchise as a whole? Oh, as a whole? Yeah. The bo- okay, I'll start with the franchise as a whole. What do I think of the franchise as a whole? It's pretty good. Yes. You know, it's it goes on too long, let's be honest. What, the franchise? I think so. I, th- I think towards the end of the Connery films, the Roger Moore films, like it does, gets repetitive, right? I so think it, each each sar- each mini saga yeah. gets repetitive? I mean, I just feel like it does. Yeah, a bit, a bit. It does need an injection of new blood. Which uh, they got with Daniel Craig? Which they got with Timothy Dalton, yeah, and which they got with Pierce Brosnan, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think I think the issue is just how up and down this series is. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from Goldfinger to Thunderball, the- which you liked. You want to try a different scenario? I actually I said Goldfinger, but I was thinking Goldeneye. You mean Goldeneye to Tomorrow Never Dies? Thank you. Yeah, okay. Um, you go from Casino Royale to Quantum, Quantum of Solace. Solace. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's it's an inconsistent series, so. You know, if I was, you know, about to embark on a rewatch of a major franchise, I think it'll be a while before I dip back into the Bond rewatch. Oh, the YouTube community is not going to like that since we only started the reactions on Moonraker. I mean, unless it's for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think, yeah, that, that's my issue with it. It's it's just so inconsistent. It gets repetitive, but it's they're spy films. Mm-hmm. And they're, for the most part, pretty fun. Okay. Well, for me, as you know, especially out of us two, uh, a very hard hardcore uh, you know, Bond super fan. Something you know, I could use those titles every once in a while. No one else would. Yeah, except all the Bond super fans out there. Uh, like all this whole this whole <laughs> this whole franchise. Like, yeah, you said it has its it has its ups and downs, but for me, it's mostly ups. It's a very entertaining series. Yeah, there's a couple of lulls in there, mm. but there's you can find little bits and pieces in those movies that are fun enough. I like the the culture. What's a better word? Like The, the law? The law, thank you. Mm. I like the law of Bond. Yeah. You know, I like that there's the- The formula. The formula, yeah. The gadgets, like, the guns, the girls, the quips, the, you know, all that The stuff. songs. The locations. You know, all that The stunts. Stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and it's all, it's all great. Like- I think I think of how we've done this out of the the twenty seven. I think I, I've given maybe six. I not recommend maybe seven. Uh, you've definitely done a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. But like overall, this this franchise is, is is so good. It's so enjoyable. It's so entertaining. And no time to die is like pretty goddamn good. It's worthy of being a Bond film, Hendo. I I really enjoyed this film. There's issues, but majority of this film, I had a great time with it. What's your Biggest issue with this film. I think we mentioned it during the commentary. Safin. Yeah. It's just, he he starts off really good. He starts off really good when he's got the mask. Yeah. Right? That opening scene is so good. Yes. Right? It's it's really, really, like, The 25-minute pre-title sequence. My God. Insane. But once he loses the mask and, 
I mean, I think all the stuff of him on the island is pretty average, but I don't know. I just, why, why do we insist on having these quietly spoken, like intimidating villains? That's not, that's not what bothers me. Oh, it's it more about me. his his ideas and his plot. Like, he starts off really well. Like, he wipes out Spectre. He has this personal vendetta against him. Yep. And boom, he does it. He achieves his goal. Mm-hmm. He takes out the entire Spectre organization. Yep. And, and that's actually when Rami Malik shows up, maskless. After all that's done. Yep. Oh, no, it isn't actually. He shows up to give Madeline yeah. the, the poison yeah. Yeah. for Blofeld. Yeah. Which is a good sign. Yes, it is. But then after that, it's like, it's like what what's the purpose now? Like, the, he's just be, he becomes... One, you know, one of the megalomaniacs and you see d- yeah. in, in the Roger Moore films. You yeah. just want to destroy the world. And I didn't buy that he was in love with Madeline. It's like, a, bit, a bit weird. Like, I get the impact that she had on his life and he said, oh, saving a life was so so much more impactful. And that's fine. I don't get the the love for her, though. I don't feel it was a physical love. It was more just like a, a an emotional kind of connection, that type of love. I don't know. He was comparing himself, saying him and Bond are the same. Uh, I, I feel same like, thing, but different. I, I feel like he wouldn't say no. He wouldn't say, Doctor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, Can you edit that so there wasn't a really long pause between that two? Well, you've just given it away. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is very long. It is very long. However, didn't really feel the runtime. I also agree. <laughs> like, I what? also have no issue with the runtime. I mean, um, and maybe it was because it's and it's always the same with you know with these reactions where we just we sit down, we you know have a drink, we have a laugh. You never, we never really. Maybe a view to a kill. We definitely. Well, you felt the runtime when you fell asleep at the end of it. But I still can't believe that's the only film I've fallen asleep to. I mean, because you got me here cracking jokes with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I get to the uh, the gun barrel sequence, Endo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I thought the runtime was fine and justified and it felt epic. Yes. In scope, especially Absolutely. killing Bond. It actually feels like this film means something. It's definitely emotional. Like, I know you thought I was joking at the end when I said I you know, had to wipe away a near tear, but uh, I wasn't kidding. Like, I was very close, very close to dropping some tears there. Very emotional. And you know why? It's because... Of the daughter factor, the yeah, family uh, yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like, I, I couldn't, no, it's not, I couldn't get less, but, you know, them blowing up Bond, like, yeah, cool, whatever. But him, like, talking about his daughter that Got he's the never going to see. bunny on his side. Yeah, like, that, 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 that's the stuff that could get me. Didn't. I you thought know, it might have, actually. As I was coming along, I'm like, Ooh, I know if this is going to happen, I could see Dean, you know, he really gets, you know, emotional with these, you know, family moments. No. No? Oh, well, that's fine. I wasn't fighting back tears. No. It'd be interesting, you know, if I yeah, when that happens, it will happen. We we know this will happen eventually. I, I'm not sure. Like no, like ugly crying. It's called <laughs> ugly crying for a reason. I'm not sure people are going to want to see be like, that. Cut all this. Cut all this shit. People won't want to see it. No, and the, the problem is, the problem is, it won't just be like, here's a sad scene. I'll ugly cry, and then we'll move on. Like that shit stays with me, man. You're like 15 minutes later, you're still trying to calm yourself I get down. Shakes, sobs, <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh. and I'll be like, it's <laughs> <laughs> no time for jokes. <laughs> Look, they really tie this Daniel Craig era up in a nice, neat little bow, don't they? Like, this yeah, is, and you. You mentioned, you mentioned Vespa Lind that you like seeing her, and I, I agree. I may yeah. have made fun of you in the, in the moment, but <laughs> I do agree that it's great that you have this five-film five series that is standalone. Like, it really is oh, a yeah. standalone series. I think and the movie is standalone. The, like, what movie do you watch? The Spectre movie that tries to overly tie it together is a pain in the ass. Yeah. but the fact that you're still getting 
you know, uh, Eva Green even appearing in the opening credits of this film is like, mm. well, well done. And it's good that they they really finish off that relationship with Vesper and Bond when he visits the the grave and he's like, mm. I miss you. He like he sets the forgive, forgive me. me ablaze, mm. and that's that's the end. And you can and you can As see you can see he moves on. You know, and the relationship with Madeline and his daughter. Did you forget her name? Yeah, like, I'm getting Madeline and Matilda like mixed up. It's Matilde. Matilde. <laughs> it's not death. It's just Matilde. I had a big issue, Inspector, with the relationship between Daniel Craig and Leia mm, Seydoux. Good thing film. we're talking about No Time to Die. It's changed. Like I think they, I think that was much stronger in this film. Oh, it's like, great. When he meets her at the house and he like expresses his love for her, like, that was a very impactful moment. Yeah, like, that was great. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, did movie, you did man. you like did you like the daughter thing? Yes, because that had stakes. Like like you said, if Bond just goes and dies in, you're like, no, okay, Bond died, yeah. moving on. But he has a daughter. He has something. He has a reason to you know move on. Yeah. So he has he has something to care for. And I like that. That's her secret. I like that she wasn't betraying him at the start, etc., yeah. etc. Et All that. Yeah, the the plot's really good. Yeah, uh, except, except for, for the, the saffin. Except for the yeah, saffin. Kill the everyone. You know. Generic. But it wasn't even kill everyone. It was make money. Yeah. Well, it started off as I'm just gonna you know just. You know, create mass genocide, and in the end, it's like, yeah, I'm going to sell it to people who are going to create mass genocide. Mm. So, okay, kind of yeah. pointless. Yeah, exactly. The action in this is really good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's uh, the, the that one up the yeah, that was really the staircase, good. really really good, solid. You can see Daniel Craig's doing a lot of his own stunts in this film still. Like he's kept in good shape. He he's been around the block with these movies. He knows exactly what's going on. The, the like we said, the pre-title sequence at the start with the motorbike up the stairs, up the ramps, mm. they swinging off the swinging off the bridge. Even even the action in the cars when they're driving through the forest and he's like you know getting all those other cars to do flips and all that sort of shit. It's been it, it was really really solid. Like let's hey we 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 briefly hey. spoke about it at the start of the review, but Anna Armas, that scene was fantastic. So good. She was so good in this film. Give give, her, give us a spin off of uh, Paloma. All right, calm down. What, you don't want that? You said uh, you wanted more of her. I mean, yeah. Come on. I don't want a Paloma film. Why not? She needs to change her name, firstly. <laughs> Paloma. Come on. Felix Leiter died as well. It's yeah, uh, you know, it's, a, bit, a bit sad. sad. Basically, the same style as Vespa, which would have definitely rocked Bond. But yeah, I mean, that really set up at the start. Like, Felix died. You know, who else is going to be dying in this? We know it's Craig's last film. Mm. Who knows what's going to happen? And sure enough, he goes at the end too. Anything else you want to add to this, Dean? The no. score? What do you think of the score by Hans Zimmer? It was fine. I loved all the bits where they put in No Time to Die music. Please don't say any bad stuff about Honor Majesty's Secret Service, okay? I can't take the hate from everyone anymore, okay? I love Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs> to the audio listeners, who just winked. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the score was very good at points, but it definitely felt very Hans Zimmer at points as well. I mean, Hans Zimmer is great. That's not yeah, an but insult. It, it it didn't feel Bond. It felt Hans Zimmer. Eh. Like I mentioned at points, it felt like I was listening to the score for The Rock at points. You mentioned that? Yeah. I don't remember the score to The Rock. Oh, well, would you mention Inception just because it was a Hans Zimmer movie? Because it actually had the... I had some Hans. I had the rock. What do you think of the inclusion of uh, Nomi as the new 007? Because you did, we did mention when she got revealed as 007 that I knew about that because of the the massive backlash that came out. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I may have heard about the backlash, but I thought it was in relation to what they would do after this film. Because no, uh, the news came out before this was released that there's a new 007 and she's a woman, and everyone's like, "Oh, you you can't make 007," and, she, and she's black. Yeah, but people were saying. 
she's the new James Bond. Oh, okay. But people that everyone was having, you know, up in arms about it, but people were trying to say it's just 007. She's the new 007 yeah. because James Bond is retired. Okay. Yeah. So there was a whole big uproar about that. I think they, I think Lashana Lynch was really good in her role. And I think the, the progression of their relationship is good to, you know, there's a little snarky at the start to, you know, actually becoming quite professional with each other. Yeah, I didn't love it. I've got to be honest. Oh, okay. um, the whole like, oh, that's my number. Okay. Yeah. That was a bit snarky. Uh, like she said it like three times. I'm like, mate, calm down. <laughs> like you're, you're literally here saving the world. Literally. Yes. And you will complain about what your title is. I thought that was I think she. Bit. I think she got over that. She had a bit of growth towards the end. She was fine. Yeah. Okay. She, she was fine. But yeah, I'd say the supporting, the regular supporting cast of characters, Ralph Fiennes. Oh, Ralph Fiennes was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a bit of uh, you know questionable things that he was doing Rafe in this film. Fiennes. Ralph, I think it's Rafe. We change it every single time we talk about it. Sure, it's meant to be Rafe. <laughs> Rafe, Ralph. Yeah, a lot more um, supporting role for Ben Whishaw as well as Q. He was definitely in it a lot this go around. Yeah, you're saying he wasn't as. Yeah, he was in it yeah. more this film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like he was having the big moment with Daniel Craig right before he spoke to Madeline, mm. um, I was watching it like, oh my god, is is it going to be really Q that's going <laughs> to see Daniel Craig out here? But no, uh, yeah, Q is Q is good. Yeah. He's always he's always good for some light humor. Genuinely, it's a, like no, I'm not genuinely surprised. I'm like I'm like this film. I didn't know what to expect from it because we just come off Spectre, mm. so I was like, are we gonna are we gonna hit the you know, the tier of Quantum of Solace and Spectre. We're going to hit the tier of Casino Royale and Spectre mm. and Skyfall. In the end, for me, this sits firmly in the middle at a four stars for me. <laughs> I agree. Um, I, I was thinking, I mean, it's definitely not four and a half for me. It's mm-hmm. probably closer to three and a half, um, but it is, it's a four star film for me too. Yeah. Now, nah, really, really good. Outing. I think, I think I was close to marking it harshly. Mm-hmm. Um, just. But like, really, you think about what this film is, you know. Take take away, you know, the whole franchise and you know what it could be, and the Skyfall Casino Royale comparisons. Like, this is a great film. Yes, this it is. is. This is a great film. Yeah. So, are you saying that if uh, Anna Armas was in it for much longer, it would be four and a half stars? Because you did mention in the commentary half a star bump if she was in it more. Uh, she depends what she'd be doing. <laughs> exactly. Now we are back next week for the top two hundred and fifty review of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which will be our video reaction as well on YouTube. So you've got the double combo here now. You can go check out the reaction video and then you can come check out the review of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Thank you very much for checking out the review and we'll see you next week for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Bye.